Hello and welcome to episode 4 Fergo on the Freak. I'm the bloke from Rugby League Project, Andrew Ferguson. You can find me on Twitter at AndrewRLP. And join me as always is the glorious League Freak. You can also find me on Twitter at League Freak. How you going there, mate? Going pretty good, Andrew. How are you? Yeah, not too shabby, not too shabby. Yeah. Um, you know, all the footy's almost basically over. I think there's a few random internationals popping up here and there before the end of the year, but it's uh, time to relax. And No, it's not. I'm busy. <laughs> I've got a rugby league annual to put out now. Yeah, yeah, I guess that's coming up. Um, yeah, they had the South American, I guess it was a championship. Uh, Brazil won that, so they go into the qualifying group for the World Cup yep. um, against basically USA, Jamaica, and Canada. Um, I think they should have just qualified straight through, but, you know, the International Rugby League doesn't value South America as much as I do. And, yeah, I, th- I think there's another one. I'm not sure where the other championship is, but it might be in Asia somewhere. It could be, yeah. I know mm-hmm. there's they've, they've got one that will be running in Asia. They'll be having, is it two or three in Europe? I think they've got Euro A, B, and C. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think in the past, the winner of Euro C qualified to play in Euro B. The winner of that played in Euro A, and I think the top teams in Euro A went through to the World Cup. Or some weird thing like that. Mm. Um, whether that's still the process or not, I don't know. But uh, something was they're talking about World Cup the whole way through. We can work on that. Yeah, I guess it's a step in the right direction. That's right. Now, uh, Buzz has been busy. Yeah, he's been putting some opinions out there. Uh, probably a bad thing, to be honest, when you look at them. Yeah, you know what? I'll, I'll, I'll rock solid that up and just say it's definitely a bad thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, the less he writes and speaks, the better for his integrity. Yeah, when you write about rugby league and it's clear you don't know about rugby league, it's a problem, I find. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and this is, you know, probably example A. Absolutely. <laughs> um, he also gave us example B as well. So uh, he's, yeah. he's, he's been busy. Well, so um, should we start with the forward packs? Well, I think we should. I think we yeah. should. That's the one that everyone knows at the moment. It's, it just came out the other day. Buzzers ranked all of the forward packs for next year. Yeah. From best to worst. Um, wherever you think, with unbelievable logic and knowledge, you think your team is, Guaranteed he's not put them in that position. 100%. He's got these um, all wrong. I think he's just drawn them out of a hat. Yeah, it's it's unbelievable. Or maybe it's really unbelievable. Them, maybe he's just drawn them out of a stein glass. I wonder if there's a point where, you know, someone goes up to him and says, look, we need to generate something. We need to get some clicks or or something like that. Can you write something that's really wrong? Yeah. And it's like, well, you know, yeah, I can. I can do that. That's pretty easy. Mate, hands down, I've got this. Yeah. And to I'll be just... honest, if that was the if that was the outline, he nailed it. Absolutely. Um so, you know, when when people think of the two best defensive teams of the let's say the last three years. Mm-hmm. You think Penrith and Melbourne. Mm-hmm. Except 
If you buzz, you don't. Well, here's the thing. Like, Melbourne have lost the Bromwich brothers. Big losses. Yeah. They've gone to the Dolphins. I think that's going to affect them. Absolutely. Um, But, and look, Penrith have lost Kikau and they've lost Coruscant. But I think it's fair to say that the Panthers pack, especially when you put their depth in, is still clearly the best pack in the game. Um, they've added Garner to the mix. He was a very good player for the for the Tigers. It's a shame they couldn't keep him. Um, well, they could have. Well, like yeah, they could keep all of the players they lose technically, couldn't they? Yeah, and I don't think it would cost much. No, no. But why would you do that? Yeah, it just makes no some, sense. Some players are greedy and want success. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> to. It's hard to get my head around. Do you think that the Panthers are going to have the sixth best forward pack in the NRL next year Mm. is just wrong. And it doesn't take into account anything at all. No, not at all. Um, He's got Cowboys at number one. Mm -hmm. You can make an argument for that. They've got Tomalolo. They've got Cotter. Pretty much. The I, I can make a I can make a pretty good argument for the Cowboys possibly being number two, right? Yeah. I, but the uh, the forward pack is look, we're not going to say they're bad. It's great. But yeah. they're, they're, he's got them at the right end of the table, that's for sure. True. But, um, when when you when you've got a team like Penrith who have been defensively the best side for the last two seasons, at least, mm-hmm. um, they have to be at number one regardless of the odd loss that they've had. Yeah, and, and we, we just saw, I mean, in their last game, they absolutely annihilated one of the supposed best packs in the game. You've got to take yep. that into account as well. That's right. Um, and, you know, I, I just, it's insane. <laughs> I don't know how you could in any way get to that conclusion. No, it's, it's got me beat. Um, Roosters at number two. I think the Roosters pack is overrated. Um, I think their results show that. Yeah, look, I'm... I mean, according to this list, they're definitely overrated. I, yeah. I don't rate the Roosters pack badly, but I don't rate them as the second best in the comp. No, I, I would rate, rate the Roosters pack probably middle of the field. Somewhere down around where he's got Penrith and Melbourne. Yeah, yeah, around there, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's got South at number three. South Pack did pretty well considering last year. Um, they weren't the, it wasn't the strongest part of their lineup, but they still made the semis. Um, yeah. they're look, they've got a very good attacking pack. Yeah. Um, they just smash holes through teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, very hard to contain. So, in that sense, definitely a, a top forward pack. Defensively, though, because there's a lot of huge bodies there, the lateral movement of that defensive side can can be lacking, especially later on in games. Mm-hmm. Um, and the your much faster teams, especially teams that have got that speed on the edges of the ruck, um, they can get around them. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't doesn't happen often, but it happens enough, and it's enough to stop South being, you know in grand finals and winning premierships and stuff. Yeah. Um, 
Canberra at number four. That was a bit of a bolter for me. Yeah, definitely. They've got two quality forwards there, at least. Um, mm. the, the rest of them, I think, are overrated. Highly overrated. Yeah. He's Whitehead, Whitehead and Papalia carrying that pack so much. Yeah, yeah. It's, you know, the rest of them... Look, if the Raiders were as good as the Raiders thought they'd be, you know, but they're just not. Uh, number five, the Broncos. The, the Broncos, I mean, they're inconsistent, you know, and that's probably something that you can't have if you're a top forward pack. Um, they will get better because they're a young forward pack, but... They're not a top five forward pack. I wouldn't say so either. I'd say they're about middle of the table. Yeah. I'd put them down around eight, nine, somewhere there. Yeah. Um, as you discussed, Penrith at six, Melbourne at seven. Um, as you mentioned, like Melbourne have had a few um, losses. Mm-hmm. Of, well, they lost both Bromwiches mm-hmm. and Felice Cafusi. Felice, though, I don't find is too big of a loss. No, no. He was, and, he's more a player you'd put out to pasture anyway. Yeah, I think the biggest loss there, and this might be a bit of a uh, surprise for some, is actually Kenny Bromwich. Yeah, same here. Guy is an absolute just defensive wall, and he runs such beautiful lines on out on the edges out there, um, and huge motor on him. Um, I, I put him up there, very similar um, raps on him as I do with Tohu Harris. Not going to do you a lot of flashy stuff, but, man, he works his backside off and does all of the hard work that you need your forwards to do. Yeah, and become a really good attacking weapon out wide for them mm. um, and, and was a real handful for most teams. Uh, yeah, I agree with you. He, I think he's the bigger loss. Um, you know, and, and that's the thing about, like, the Dolphins, they've got an older pack, but... They've got some performers in there. Like, I think they'll be solid. I don't think they'll be spectacular, no. um, but they'll be solid. That's right. They're, they're going to be a lot better than what Buzz thinks. Yeah, I agree. Um, number eight, Parramatta, which I think is also a bit low. Not by much, but just a little bit low. I think their forward pack has been their standout part of their side. Yeah, next year, like, they've lost Papali. Um, he's gone to the West Tigers. And they've lost Reed Marnie. He's gone to the Bulldogs. But I would still say they're at least top five. Like, the, their the, forwards are their, their strength by far. Yeah. Everything they do comes off the back of their forwards. Even when they um, even when they look like they're struggling a little bit in attack, mm-hmm. there's an awful lot of that um, Flanagan coach sort of Sharks thing where they grind out wins, and it's all done through the forwards. It's not done through skill out wide or anything like that. Yeah, and except for the extras. You can only do that with a good forward pack. Yeah, except for the extras that Flanagan's teams had. Yeah, that aside. Yeah. Um, speaking of the Sharks, he's got them at nine. I would have the Sharks pack in the top five just on how hard they work. Yeah, um, their the forward rotation? Yeah. yeah the it's the overall the rotation, yeah. They've got so many big men for the middle. They started playing one in the centres last year. <laughs> They've got so many big forwards. You can't put a team with a pack that's that mobile 
and put them in ninth for Christ's sake. That's ridiculous. Crazy. Yeah, really crazy. Yeah, I, I legit can think that Penrith, Melbourne, Parramatta and probably South would be the only packs I can think of that would be better than the Sharks one. Yeah, with the possibility that the Sharks could very well leapfrog a few of those teams. Um, yeah. I, You know, it's going to be interesting to see if the Sharks take a step forward next year or if they're about the same. And if they're about the same, that's almost like taking a step back. They, they were really ahead of expectations this year. Um, and that worries me a little bit about them. But, you know, their forwards were fantastic, I thought. They ran out of steam a little bit towards the end of the year. But they were great. Yeah. They were really good. No, they, they were very good. Uh, number 10, Bulldogs. They've added Marnie. They've added uh, Kikau. That helps. That does help. Um, I would probably, they're another team around the middle of the pack is about right, I think, for them. He's, he's got um, this one nearly close to where it should be. Yeah, yeah, I think that's fair. I'd probably have them a little bit higher, but, you know, I, I'm not going to complain about it. When you look at the other ones, as you say, they're about right. Yeah. Uh, 11, Manly. Oh man, I I don't see this one. I'd, I'd have them probably in the bottom five. Yeah, they're uh, some of their recruits, especially like Josh Alloa, who'd been playing really well at the Tigers up until that final season, mm-hmm. um, should be kicking on and doing a lot better. And they're plateauing. Yeah, like you take <laughs> Jake Trebojevic out of that side. Uh, they've got the big fella. What's that? What's his name? Oh, I can't remember his name. Is that Paseka? No. 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 Um, oh, I can't remember his name. I would have picked him for State of Origin. I can't remember. Oh, is that Olakowatu? Yes. Yeah. Yes. I yeah, think he's, he's a fantastic player. He's a beast. Yeah. But the rest of them, I, you know, you could keep the rest of them. Yeah. Um, number 12, the Knights. Well, <laughs> I mean, a disappointing forward pack that They've lost, lost their, Clemmer. Yeah, they lost their disappointing leader. <laughs> They've lost Clemmer. Um, I, look, I'm going to say, I'm going to say not too far from where you would think. Yeah, he's, he's, he's I think he's probably uh, inflated them a little bit. Just a little bit, yeah. Speaking of inflated, Tiger's yeah. at 13. Well... <laughs> First of all, if he was taking the piss, he would have put them ninth. Okay. Yeah, I mean, um, if you're doing this properly. Yeah. It's. I think it's fair to say the worst forward pack in the game. Um, look, they were last year. This upcoming season, um, they added Clemmer. They lost. That that does. That. Would would you say that Clemmer at the moment's an improvement on Tamo? I'd say very mildly, yeah, yes. Maybe, yeah. Only yeah. because he's younger. Yeah, they've got that same level of indifference about their performance. Yeah, yeah, that's right. But yeah, Clemmer has got a bit of youth on his side, so there is that. There's a, there's a chance he could get better. Yeah, yeah. Um, they lost Peachy, which the Tigers uh, weren't using properly anyway, so it, that yeah, doesn't exactly. Um. And Luke Garner, 
like he was playing out in the centres. So yeah, and they picked up Papali. Yeah, true. There is Lost. that. They did lose Lailua. Would have been good if they'd have kept Lailua and Ghana. Mm-hmm. And then added Papali to that. That yeah. would have been good. But why would you do that? That makes that makes total sense. Yeah, it's a bit of a I problem, don't though. see why you do that. Yeah, then you could have twelve on as part of the front row rotation instead of starting at lock. Mm-hmm. You have a bit of ball playing skills. You know, well, it would have been nice. But anyway, um, they're not. I wouldn't say they're the worst, but I'm not putting them. I don't know if I can put them at thirteenth just yet. There's been a few changes, but they need to start showing that they. Uh, and obviously, Coruscant's there as well, but they they need to. Yeah, true. We need to see some performance first. I think it's too many changes there, and uh, mm. I, I would say this right: Coruscant, Papali, okay. Everyone else there, I would take the Panthers reserve grade team, the New South Wales Cup. Oh, the only the only other one is uh, Utikamanu, young prop forward. I need more consistency out of him. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But yeah. it's one of the, he's one of those guys where you can't just say he's got potential. We've seen what he can do. Yeah. We know the potential's there. We've seen it. It's about getting it out of him every week. Yeah. I, he's one of those players that I just worry that, you know, sometimes you see a player and they could do something and they're just in a team where it just fades away. Well, yeah, when you're in a team full of, you know, failure, mm-hmm. it's easy to go, well, what's the point of trying too hard if we know we're going to lose? Yeah, yeah. You learn bad habits, things like that. Yeah, and laziness is rewarded by constant selection. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, whenever the Tigers dare to get a coach who drops players, we'll fucking sack him. Well, it's a new era. Yeah, that's right. Well, we're into a new era number two now. Yeah. <laughs> Um, number 14, the Titans. I think the Titans are a bit too low. Yeah, their forward pack on paper is a lot better than 14th. True, true. Um, um, and on performance, a little bit better. Just a little bit better, yeah, yeah. The concept of the Titans is really good, hey? Yeah, yeah, it's brilliant. On In paper, theory, mate. yeah. If we, if we played games on paper, they'd be a very good team. They'd have won a few premierships by now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 15 Warriors. I would have them second last. It's uh, disappointing. There's so many great players, you know, great forwards are coming from the whole Pacific Islands, mm-hmm. and the Warriors are seem to be picking none of them. <laughs> yeah, they, they all, none of them playing for the Warriors. It's like the recruitment guy for the West Tigers is also working for the Warriors. I mean, how's he doing two jobs at once? <laughs> it's impressive. The- the the Warriors is can we say that the Nathan Brown hangover is potentially worse than the Matthew Elliott hangover for a club? I I don't know because I think I know I've discussed it before. I think the thing with the Nathan Brown one is it seems to be um I don't know. I think I think a mindset creeps in which you can get rid of of you know everything's unstable. Because he he does take a broom to places, yeah, and that he, instability tends to make people concerned and worried about whether they're going to be keeping their job or not, and so they're a little bit tentative because of that. Whereas the Matthew Elliott one was just one of 
mediocrity. Yeah, and 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 yeah. he didn't set anything. He didn't put a broom through places. He didn't fix things up. He just no. made things worse, and then just drifted off down the road selling tablewares <laughs> in his little van making on the side special, of the road, making special tea. <laughs> Um, <laughs> selling wind chimes. Oh, he loves the wind chimes. Yeah. Dream catches. Yep, yep. He um, loves that stuff. Look, the thing I will say about Nathan Brown is he goes into clubs that are in poor situations, completely devastates them, <laughs> and then leaves. Um, <laughs> but at least while he's there, he's a complete arsehole. Oh, yeah. I mean, he doesn't hide from it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He doesn't hide from it. But as I said, uh, the one thing he does do, which those clubs do need, is a broom put through him. The thing is, once the broom's put through, these clubs then hang on to him to start the recruitment process, and that's the wrong move. Yeah, but it's Get like... him in with the broom, let him do his broom work, then fuck him off, then get someone who knows how to build a club and get them to do the recruitment. That's how you make use of Nathan Brown. But he's, this is how Nathan Brown does it. Nathan Brown goes to a house that's a fixer-upper and burns it to its foundations and then sort of goes, job done. And then nothing else happens. No, well, then the clubs come up to him and say, here, we've, give, we've got a few pieces of leftover wood that didn't get burnt. Can you build us a new house now? And he can't do it. Well, no, he can't, but he has a crack. He, he tries. He sort of puts one yeah. on top of the other and says, I think I've done it. How yeah, about that, the fact that's pretty good. How about the fact somebody at Parramatta paid him to do a review of the club before the season was finished and he said there's nepotism and there's all sorts of problems and that and then they make the grand final. (laughs) He's a fucking idiot. Uh, Why would you get him to do a review? I don't know. Unbelievable. Um, The Dolphins at 16, which seems to me very low. Yeah, I'd put them a little bit higher than that. I know that they've got a, let's call them an experienced pack. Mm -hmm. But for the first two seasons, that's going to be fine. Yeah. it's And Wayne Bennett, the one thing that he does do well is he does build good forward packs. Mm -hmm. So the people he's got together, he's got specific people for specific roles. He knows how to make that work. I don't think that forward pack at the Dolphins is going to get... um, out-muscled or pushed around too much. I think they're going to hold their own in a lot of games. What they're going to struggle with is creativity in the halves and scoring points out wide. And that's not on the forwards. Yeah, true. Look, I I think that they're probably a few spots too low. Like, I think that they'd be a better pack than the Knights pack, to be honest. I'll put them above Sea Eagles, to be honest. Yeah, I would too. I would too. I think I think that... That's a fair call. And then at the end, he's got the Dragons. Yeah, they're probably one of the worst packs in the game. That's fair. Like, they'd, I'd have them bottom three packs in the game. Yeah. So, um, good work, Buzz. You did really well yeah. on, what, two or three of them? Yeah. But all the other ones were terrible. That's a dog's breakfast of that. <laughs> yeah, on, on to more Buzz. Buzz work. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was it, two weeks ago? One week ago? He put out his uh, top 50 players of the 2022 season. Yeah, now, honestly, I haven't looked through through these much at all. So um, I thought what we could do is we could say, 
if we generally felt that a player was probably a higher standing in the game or lower standing in the game, but if we feel as though they're within five or so, we say that's about right. Yeah. Um, so this is not who he thinks are the 50 greatest players in the game right now. Mm. I believe this is his top 50 players of the 2022 season. Okay. All right. So just just to be clear, so it's just based on what happened this season. Mm-hmm. So number one, should we go number one or should we go from number 50? We should right. go from number Okay, go from number 50. Let's do number 50. Okay. Number 50, Daly Cherry Evans. Um, I think he probably is a bit higher than that. Like, well, he's listed him as a top four halfback, and I wonder if he's got more than three halfbacks in front of him on this list. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. I can I, see one. There's one, yeah, straight away. I would rate him as the second best halfback in the game. Like, can you can you think of too many halfbacks that are better than Cherry Evans? Um, not really, no. I think yeah. a lot of people hate on him for some reason. Yeah. Um, I know he struggled at origin level for a little bit when he was filling in for Kronk. Um, but I think it's because the sort of the sort of halfback that he is is the is the is the type that needs to be in control of the game. He's not the one that sits on the back seat. Um, and when he was playing Origin, when he was replacing Kronk, he was beside Thurston, who would control things. So I, I think he's not too bad at sitting back. He's, um, got, he's got better at it, but um, yeah. Right now, though, I, I think it, uh, there's only Cleary that's better than him. Yeah, and even yeah. still, it's, it's close. Yeah, and like, I mean, there's plenty of games where if Cherry Evans wasn't playing well, the Seagulls were absolutely no chance. So absolutely. I, would, I would definitely put him higher than 50. Uh, number 49, we've got Angus Crichton. He was pretty disappointing at times this year, hey? Yeah, I thought he was pretty quiet. There was a few, mm. When the Roosters got on a roll and started winning some games, he started looking for the ball a bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, and when he started doing that and sort of running, not just on the same line all the time, started moving off his normal corridor and looking for the ball a bit more, got very, very damaging very quickly, but um, didn't really do that so much when the Roosters were struggling. Yeah, I'm going to say I'm going to say he should be lower. Yeah, I think so. Uh, number forty-eight, Reuben Cotter. This is a difficult one because at the start of the year, I don't think many people would have thought he'd be a top fifty player, and he he got you know he played great in the Origin series. Um, he played well to end the se- uh, the season in general. I'm pretty happy with him at 48, though. I'm happy I'd, with that. I'd put him a little bit higher. Okay. Yeah, I, I think um, the development in the game and the how quickly he improved, even from round one, uh, insane. Mm-hmm. And you know, he's now taken the Cowboys from being a team with one genuine forward to now, shit, they've got two. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Yeah. I think the thing he has to act like he feels like he's more of a, a shock trooper at this point and he needs to just add more minutes to his game and make a a more consistent impact across the game. 
Yeah, no, that's fair. Mm. That's fair. Um, number 47, Adam Reynolds. Look, when you consider that when he played for the Broncos, they looked a thousand times better than when he was missing. And, but then you've got to factor in like when he was, he was missing it, it was terrible for them. You know, dear, how much do you weigh those games you didn't play against him? I still, I would say he's way better than 47. Yeah, I, I generally have him comfortably above 47. Yeah. Um, the the Broncos were a real Jekyll and Hyde side when he wasn't there. You know, mm-hmm. when when he was when he was playing, they looked more often than not capable of beating anyone. And when he wasn't there, they looked like that team that won the spoon a few years ago. Yeah, exactly. Like and I, you don't often see a player have that severe of an impact on a team. I think Tom Trebojevic last year at Manly. Yeah, at, like I think comfortably in the top twenty. Very yeah. comfortably. Yep. Um, number 46, Alex Johnson. <sighs> this is a tough one. Like, how do you how do you rank a winger? He's he's one of the best finishers in the game. So, Absolutely. Um, but I'm comfortable, 46. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy with him being there. Um, <laughs> I think he was the... First player to score 30 tries in back-to-back seasons. Yep, yep. Um, so, yeah, one of the more prolific uh, try-scoring wingers out there. So I'm, I'm happy for him to be in the top 50 and at the uh, in this region here. Yeah, when like when your job is scoring tries and you actually do it very consistently, like, yeah. <laughs> you can't argue with it. It's crazy to think that they were thinking about getting rid of him a year or two ago. Yeah, I, like, I would have been Just really nice. upset if that happened. It's I'm so glad he stayed. Yeah, absolutely. It's He's a phenomenal winger, very, very good at what he does. And um, as we saw in the World Cup, he's more than capable of playing at fullback as well, which is a handy thing to have when you've got, um, you know, Latron Mitchell was struggling with injuries and whatnot during the season. It's good to have someone as, as handy as Alex Johnson on the wing who can just slot in at fullback and still score tries. Yeah, I think isn't the story that when they were negotiating his contract, and I think Wayne Bennett was still there, and he gave a note to Wayne Bennett, and the note basically said, "Look, it was my dream to play for South Sydney. I don't want to leave. Can we please sort this out?" And so they sorted it out. Yeah, that was him, and it's um, I'm glad that came to be that way. Yeah, yeah. Also, one of the smartest players in the game too. Very much so. Uh, number forty-five. Keon Kalamatangi. Oh, I, I don't know about this one because part of me feels like the impact he has on the game, it warrants where he is. But then another part of me thinks that, like, I, I'd like him to be more consistent. And I feel as though if you're in the top 50, you've got to be more consistent. Like, he can make a massive impact in a big game. But he can also be very quiet. Yeah, I'm, I'm. Sometimes I watch him and I think I'm not sure anyone knows whether he should be a front rower or a back rower. Because mm-hmm. um, he can play both. Yeah. But I wonder if he'd be better suited to just being an all-out front rower, not not at lock, mm-hmm. but an actual front rower, part of a front row rotation, so that you just keep him as being. 
100% explosive the whole time. Kind of like, um, there's a bit of Andrew Fafita about him in his prime. Has a little bit of that X factor about him. Has a good step. Mm-hmm. Um, has some good ball skills, good offload on him. Um, and But also has that size where he can just ram a hole right through you as well at the same time. And I think, I don't think I'd want him playing huge minutes. I'd, I'd want him in like one or two spurts every game mm-hmm. and just be an absolute X, X factor and just dominate through the middle. Yeah, because he can break a game open. Absolutely. That's the thing. And, and um, you know, I, it, like the consistency will come as he gets more experience as well. Yeah. So, but I, I feel as though I'm, I'm happy with him being there. Yeah, I'm, I'm fine with that. Uh, 44, Campbell Graham. I'm a big fan of Campbell Graham, but I think Likewise. this is high. Likewise. Yeah. Um, I think he should be, um, yeah, I think, I think this ranking's too high. I think he should be down in the 20s or 30s somewhere. What do you mean? I mean that I think that this is too. I think that he should be like well outside the fifty. Outside the fifty. Yeah, outside of it. Yeah. No, I think the other way. I think that he's a he's a good solid first grader, and that's not top fifty. Yeah, I don't know. I what I'm saying, right? Yeah, is that you are wrong. I know. (laughs) I what I'm saying is there's an awful lot of the. I'm not saying they're the same, mm-hmm. but play-wise, mm-hmm. skill set-wise, an awful lot of you, um, Isaiah Yo about him. Um, Yo is obviously better. Don't mm-hmm. get me wrong, mm-hmm. but there's a similarity in, in the the size, the the work rate, um, what they offer in attack. Um, skill set is very similar, uh, and I, I like that. I like that in a in a uh, a lock forward sort of guy. I want someone who's more than just another prop. Um, and he does have that motor on where he can play 80 minutes, that sort of stuff. But I think the difference between him and Yo is ball handling skills are not as good. And can overplay his hand a few times. I just I think can, he's, I think he's a really solid first grader. You've, I know you've, got, played, him, you've got him as a Liam Fulton. Uh, not a lean Fulton, but I, I just I don't think he's top fifty player. I yeah. think he, he does a good he does a good job for South, you know. He doesn't uh, he's not going to tear you apart. Uh, I know he played for Australia, but I think that was more a case of his size and versatility. You know, you can at a stretch you could put him into the to the pack, playing Mountain Centers, but you know I I wouldn't have him in the top fifty. That's fair. And the next four. Um, I think I'm just going to leave these for you to discuss. So number 43, Regan Campbell-Gillard. Soft, outside the top 50. Agreed. So soft. 42, Reid Mahoney. I thought he was really inconsistent this year, hey? He, he was, he was. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, what, what about his rating? Potentially, he's fine. I, I, I'm happy with him being there. Yeah. Um... 41, Scott Drinkwater. I think he's probably a couple of hundred places too high. <laughs> he's, he's so devastating to the Cowboys. Yeah. Would you have him one spot lower or higher than number 40, Clint Gutherson? Well, Gutherson is just a run-of-the-mill first grader. That's, he's hundreds of places too high. Okay. 
Who's better, Gutherson or Drinkwater? Uh, I think Gutherson. I think Gutherson. He doesn't fuck up like Scott Drinkwater does. Who's better, Gutherson or Graham? Oh, Graham. Right. Okay. We're just got to get those in the right order. Yeah. Yeah. Graham is not a top fifty player, and Gutherson's not a top one hundred player, in my opinion. <laughs> uh, number thirty nine, Isaiah Papali. I think this is a little bit too low on this list for him. I think he should be higher up. I agree. Yeah, I think he was absolutely fantastic for the Eels. Yep. Um, a game breaker, but also very, very consistent. Um, it, I'd love to see him kick on a little bit next year and become one of the best forwards in the game overall. That would be very good to see. Mm. Uh, 38, Dylan Brown. You know what? Before the final series and before the World Cup, I would have said this is too low down the list. But after after being completely non-existent in the grand final and his World Cup was garbage, like complete garbage, I would say that this is about where I'd have him. Yeah, I'm, I'd probably still have him a little bit higher on him because he did have to carry... Mitch Moses, who went missing for half the season again. Um, and Parramatta didn't lose that many games because of it. Dylan Brown, at this stage, regular season specialist. Are we looking at the modern-day Jason Taylor? Oh, well, Dylan Brown has skill. Oh, it wasn't on show in the grand final or at the World Cup. No, it wasn't, but... It has been on show. In the regular season. Yeah. How long do you think a Jason Taylor highlights reel that doesn't include goal kicking would go for? <laughs> Not mm. too long. Mm. Yeah. yeah, that's right. He's a pretty good organiser, though. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> Not when he's a coach. <laughs> yeah, well, look, his coaching, his coaching doesn't have to do with his playing ability. No, no, but even even still, he wasn't that uh, wasn't that tremendous of a halfback. Um, not bad, just consistent, reliable, but didn't give you anything freakish or outlandish. True, couldn't, couldn't pull a play out of somewhere just to get your team over the line. Look, Dylan Brown has many years of football ahead of him, right? Mm-hmm. Is a young bloke. I am a fan of his, right? All I'm saying is that in the big games that I saw him play this year, he was non-existent. That's all I'm saying. That's fair. Um, 37, Api Korosau. Oh, man, this is a difficult one. Um, he's one of the better hookers in the game, so I guess that would say that he's a little bit low on this list. I'd have him quite a lot higher. Okay. I'd have him a, I'd have him a bit higher. Uh, Thirty six, Victor Radley. Oh, that's way too high for a guy that gets suspended all the time. And he had a terrible season. It was so inconsistent. It looked yeah. like he was getting worn down by, you know, doing the grunt work because he's not the biggest forward in the game. He's I not, just think I'd, this is way too high. I'd probably have him sitting just on fifty. I would have him. I would probably have him between. 50 and 100. 
Number 35, Brian Tuo. I think that's way too low on the list for a guy that way too low. makes hundreds of metres every game and does it in the games that matter as well. Is maybe he's better the, in the games that matter. He's a top 20 player. I think that's fair to say, yeah. 34, Hudson Young. <laughs> I don't have him in the top 150. I can't believe I can't believe he's there. Buzz said he's desperately unlucky not to make Australia's World Cup team. No, he wasn't. He's fucking, <laughs> he's just overrated. Uh, thirty-three, Sean Lane. Nah, I have him outside the top fifty. Had he, a dynamite season for the Eels and could quite easily have made the World Cup. <clears throat> yeah, that's bullshit. I thought he was very inconsistent this year. I thought last year he was better. Um, he had moments towards the end, but nah, he's not in the top 50. Okay. The only Cronulla player in the entire list. That's a fucking surprise. 32, <laughs> Nico Hines. Uh, Nico Hines going on this season. Yeah, it's keeping just this in, season. By the way, keeping in mind he won the Dally M medal. Exactly. Um, 32 is way too low. Yeah, he was a top 10 player this year. Yes, 100%. It's fucking stupid. Yeah. That he's got the only Sharks player in this whole draw. The only one's Nico Hines. He's putting it outside the top 30. I, I fucking flabbergasted at that. It's so mentally stupid. <laughs> and that's the team he watches all the time. Yeah. That's the best he could come up with, one player. And I, I get the feeling maybe he's done that to just try and make it look as though he wasn't being biased. But, I mean, come on. Everyone was expecting the Sharks to finish outside the eight this year. Mm-hmm. You don't finish in the top four by fluke. No, no. You don't win the Dally M by not having a pretty consistent season. I know there's some, been some mm-hmm. players that win the Dally M, and you can make a really good case they're not, you know, one of the top players. But at least it shows you played a lot of games. You were pretty consistently one of your team's better performers. And, you know, the Sharks were right up there. It's definitely. And he won it by a pretty clear margin. Yeah. And with a pretty high score as well. So, you know, it's uh, very stupid. Uh, mm. 31, Jeremiah Nanai. Uh, I, I'm pretty happy with him here. What do you reckon? I think that's about fair. Yeah. Uh, number 30, Nelson Asifasolomona. I'd have him a little bit higher. I think at times he – I think that this season one of the things was that he would cause problems for himself, giving away penalties. Yeah, you know what? And for that reason, I put him in the 40 to 50 range. Okay, that's fair enough. That's fair enough. I think I, I'd like to see him have a much better season next season. I want to see him play with some discipline because if he did, mm. he would be a, a top five player in the game. Mm-hmm. comfortably, but he lets that stupid shit creep into his game and it ruins all the momentum and it, it's damaging for his team as well. And I wish he'd just get rid of it because it, it's ruining his reputation and what he could achieve as a player. Yeah, 100%. It frustrates me so much watching him play because you just let him go on. I know what you can do. Why are you being a fuckwit? I, I had the same yeah. feeling for a long time about Jarborea Hargroves. Yeah, and uh, like... You know, he has the potential to be the best front rower in the game. Yeah. And, it, you know, he could very easily become just a guy that gives away penalties. And, uh, you know, 
I, I hope that he pull, reins it in next year because they need it at the Storm. They really need it. Absolutely. Uh, 29, Patrick Carrigan. Look, he's very good at rep level, right? Mm-hmm. I think he the consistently high performances at the Broncos are what I want to see. So I'm happy for him to be here right now. I think he's got the potential next year to be much, much higher. He was fantastic in the World Cup. Absolutely. But I think for now I'm happy with him at 29. Yeah, I'm, I could probably have him a little bit higher, but it, that's I'm fine with him there. Mm-hmm. Uh, 28, Matt Burton. I feel like this is a little high. I agree. Okay, because there was all of that crap about the kicking game. I, I don't understand what that's all about, where the commentators... It's like funny no, you say that because the small up. snippet that that, he's, that Buzz has got here is talking about his fucking kicking. Oh, there you go. <laughs> so weird. Um, oh, he's got the big boot. He, like he, last year, he was learning what it meant to be the main playmaker in a side by himself, and I thought that by the end of the year, he'd made a lot of improvement. Mm. Um, but yeah, I think I think this is too high. This is too high. I think he's in more about the 40s. Yeah. I, I think, though, it comes down to the fact that I don't know what his ideal perfect position is at this stage. Like yeah. We, we were looking at him for a long time thinking he was definitely going to be a centre. And then his performances in the halves last year for Penrith made you go, hang on a sec. Mm. And then this year is like, mm, he's... Sort of playing one position while standing in a different one. I, I kind of want to see him get nailed down to a certain position now while he's young. He's still got the skill set to maximum, you know, make the maximum benefit out of it, mm-hmm. um, and not have him flopping around between roles. I think that you know the thing to remember about him at the Bulldogs though is like who else was there to target. You know, it was basically you take him out and you're going to shut down the Bulldogs' attack. And I think that probably hurt him a lot this year. But at the same time, I also think it was probably a really good learning experience for him. Mm. Um, You know, he needs a halves partner. And I think Reid Martin, uh, just at hooker, just having that extra point of attack will help him. Oh, absolutely. Get the Fords on the front foot as well, so he can he'll have a bit more uh, you know room to move there as well. It's going to be huge for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, Twenty seven, Jerome Hughes. I think that's low on the list just for the fact that he's super super competitive and he's always one of those players where when you play the Storm, you have to overcome what he is doing. Um, so I think this is too low for him. Yeah, and he, I don't know. It still feels like he's underrated somehow. Yeah, yeah, it's like he's not, you know, he's not an elite halfback as you would normally think of an elite halfback. But in terms of having somebody in the number seven that's a competitor, that's going to generally make the right decision, that has the ability to break the game open, like he ticks so many other boxes that you kind of think, well, he kind of is an elite halfback, isn't he? He is, yeah. He's got that... um... He's a bit of a weird combination. He he plays this, what they call, eyes-up footy an awful lot. So if something changes in the defensive line straight ahead of him, he abandons what he was going to do to mm. exploit an opportunity that might be in front of him, which is something that Benji Marshall used to do an awful lot really well. Mm-hmm. That ability to, to flick between a genuine play and an opportunity that's just presented itself, 
Um, none better than Jerome Hughes at exploiting that and taking advantage of those opportunities when they come up. Um, yeah, I I can't see a reason why he'd ever be outside the top 15. Yeah, I'd agree. I'd agree with that. Uh, 26, Dylan Edwards. Uh, this is a tough one for me. I'd, I'd say I don't think so. I, I think I'd have him outside the top 50. Is that weird? Um, I think I'd have him in the 40s somewhere. Okay. Yeah. Um, his kick returns were a lot better this year. And that's that's True. kind of the thing you want to get from a, a fullback. I mean, thing is, though, with Dylan Edwards, it's not like it's a priority for him when you've got Brian Tuo making 700 kilometres per week. <laughs> Yeah, the other the other thing is too. Normally, the opposition is kicking out from their own half, so you've got a lot of room to make up before you get to the defence. Yeah, um, there the other is thing that. He did improve on too was his link work as a ball player. I think too yeah. much in the previous seasons, he just stood back and was playing more as a winger, like waiting to receive the ball when the opportunity was in front of him. He started getting better at um, being able to hold up a pass for a winger and create that little opportunity. Still got a bit to go there, but he did make some pretty good strides in that area. So he's become a very useful part of the attacking weapon on the edges. I think he improved a bit under the high ball, which isn't saying much. Um, But yeah, I'd have him outside the top 50. I know people will be like, oh, he won the Clive Churchill medal and all that, and yeah, he played a great game in the grand final, but yeah, I'd have him outside the top 50 overall. Uh, number 25, Ola Kowatu. I think this is about right. Yeah. I'd, as I said, I'd have had him in the New South Wales team this year. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm fine with him being there. I think that's pretty much spot on. Yeah, I, I, I thought leaving him out was a terrible decision, eh? Hey? Oh, it's nuts. Mm. I'd put him in there straight away. Uh, 24, Mitch Moses. Um, I'd have him maybe as a top 40 player, not 24. I would have him ranked um, outside Dylan Brown. Brown's better. I think Brown's a better player overall, yeah. yeah. I think that they've got a – I mean, they're both about the same in the big games. Remember that yeah. big remember that big performance Mitchell Moses put in in the big game? No. <laughs> That's um, what I'm talking about. Number 23, Jerebria Hargroves. What in the fuck? Yeah. Um, like, what? I kind of agree. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. He was cons- Look, I'll say he was consistent. Mm-hmm. His discipline was very marginally better this year. Mm-hmm. But he's not a top 50 player this season. No, no. Top 80 player, maybe. Yeah. I'd have Jackson Hastings at 23, to be honest. Would you really? Over Rhea Hargraves? Absolutely. I'm not saying that I'd put him in this order, though. I'd have other people there, to be honest. But I'd have Hastings in here ahead of Rhea Hargraves. Okay. Uh, uh, 22, Ben Hunt. Well, that's just too low. It's way too low. God um, carries that dragon side. There's no one else there. <laughs> he plays five eighth half back and hooker every fucking week. Is like he's the only player that a team has to target, and he's oh. still very difficult to stop. He's insanely good. Mm. I I don't get it. It's nuts. Um, twenty one Harry Grant. Like what the fuck? You know what? 
I think he's probably only a little bit too low. I thought he was. I thought he should have been better this year for the Storm. Yeah, look, I would have expected more from him this year, but you know what? Even what he did produce made him a top twenty player. I don't know. I, I just think I, I wanted more from him this year. Hey, that's fair. Um, number twenty, Jack Whiten. No fucking way. I agree. It, I do not see what so many commentators go nuts over Whiten for. They kept on saying he, they kept on saying, "Oh, he had such a great year for the Raiders." I watched the Raiders. He was abysmal for the Raiders for the most part. I I, I don't get it. I, he does play with a lot of energy. He's a very strong ball runner. Um, as far as his ball running goes. Very similar style and power as, say, um, Josh Dugan. Like, the power's all through the hips and the thighs. So when you go and try and tackle him low, like, good fucking luck. He's going to get through you. Um, his ball, ball playing and kicking game, they're coming along, but it's pretty steady. What is this, his third season as a half now? Fourth season? I kind of wanted to have come along a bit further by now. He's basically yeah. a glorified fullback playing in as a number six on his jumper. That's what he's doing at the moment. I'd rather, with his skill set he's got at the moment, being back at fullback. I yeah, think he'd be much better there. I think his best position, when you consider where the game's at at the moment, and his size, I think it's centre. It probably would be, but he's still got the space, the, the pace with him. And he does have enough of a, uh, you know, creativity about him to be a genuine attacking player at fullback. Mm-hmm. I don't think he ever should have left that role. I think it was nuts to move him to the 5'8". Uh, he just doesn't have the skill set for it. I don't think so, no. And it's something Canberra's been struggling with. has been their attacking game for the last few years. Mm-hmm. They've got enough in there to get wins, but when they're at their best, he wasn't at 5'8". He was at fullback. Yeah. I just love him at fullback. I reckon he's one of the, he'd be one of the best fullbacks in the game comfortably if he was oh, there. Yeah. Rating, his his ball running skills, his kick returns, um, absolutely. But uh, I I don't rate him that highly as a five eighth. Yeah, I just to go by like there were so many games, especially early in the year, where he was dreadful for the Raiders, mm-hmm. and I, I he's definitely not top twenty. I would have him, I'd have him outside the top fifty to be honest with you. Yeah, look, I'd have him around the 50 mark, 40s, okay. 50s, somewhere around there. Mm-hmm. Uh, number 19, Tino. I think this is outrageously low on this list. I think he's a top five player. I watched him dominate games in a pretty poor Titans team. It, it, it's outrageous that he's this low. He's... He was definitely a top 10 player for me this year. He carried the Titans on his own. Mm. Um, very mature, very good motor on him. He's only 22. It's crazy. It's the absolutely an absolute crazy. Weapon. And he's like, he he's consistent and he does the grunt work. He does spectacular stuff. He's super athletic. He's easy top five, easily. Yeah, he's, he's a brilliant player. Massive raps on Tino. I fucking love that guy. <laughs> um, 18, Stephen Crichton. 
Uh, I think this is probably about right. Yeah, I'd I'd have him a little bit higher. Okay. Uh, seventeen, Valentine Holmes. Um, he had I a really that, good year, eh? He did, and I think that's about right too. Yeah, I'd I'd agree. I'd agree. Yeah. Sixteen, Josh Adokar. I think this is about right too. He was outstanding for the Bulldogs. Like, it's really weird seeing the way that people would talk about how he's playing this year, and it was clear they hadn't watched him play because. Mm. He was great. He was absolutely great. The one thing he developed since coming to the Bulldogs, because and, and this is not a criticism because he didn't have to do this at the Storm, but since going to the Bulldogs, he goes looking for work. Mm. And when he finds it, he's he's developing skills to his game all year this year to make him an even bigger threat. He's now got some decent passing skills about him. Not say he didn't have him before, but as a winger, you're not really required to pass that often. Yeah. Um, he's learned, you know, learn how to do, you know, kicks back in field, that sort of stuff. Um, judging those a lot better, weighting them better. Um, just everything about his game was improved this year. Phenomenal season for him. And you could see he really wanted to take a leadership role too. Yeah. Um, which was awesome. So and kind of proved he wasn't doing this for the money either. Like he he wanted to prove himself. Yeah, and the fact that he was left out of the New South Wales side is outrageous. Criminal. Yeah. 15, Joseph Suwali. This is way too high, and I'm a massive fan of his. I think he'd maybe be, maybe crack the top 50. He had a great season. Not ahead of someone like a Toto, though. No, God, no. I'd probably put him around 30. Um, yep. He started out pretty sloppily. But, and I'm, I remember, <laughs> we had an episode where I was very critical of him. Mm-hmm. And then he came out after that after that episode, <laughs> had a great game. And the rest of his season from that point on was really, really good. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll take credit for that. It's basically <laughs> all you. It's uh, everything he achieves from now on is you. Look, I, just give me 10%, mate. That's all I ask. <laughs> I'm not greedy. I'm not greedy. Uh, number 14, Junior Paulo. I think when you consider how important he is to everything the Eels do, it's probably about right. Yeah, look, I I think he was definitely their best forward. Mm. There's no doubt about that. And yeah, easy. Took Him that, and Papali. Yeah, and took that form across to, you know, rep level as well, which is the, the, that's what you want to see. Mm-hmm. Um. 13, kick out. I think this is low. I think this is very low. I think he had a fantastic season. He did have a fantastic season. Especially in defence. He was great in defence. Everything about his game was so much better this year. Even, like, last season, you saw glimpses on and off of it. This year, he was just consistently rock solid all year. Mm. Very reliable. Learned how to be a good decoy runner. Mm Mm-hmm. And man, that that changed things up. You got a bloke that size out on the edge, and he's running a decoy. Three defenders running on him. Yeah, good luck. Yeah, um, and like you go back, you go back like you know a little bit over a year now, and we're having discussions about like would it be addition? And I was bringing it up. Would it be addition by subtraction if you let Kikau go? 
Um, he went to a completely different level with his game this year and was one of the keys for them winning the back-to-back titles. Absolutely he was. Absolutely. Uh, number 12, Liam Martin. I think this is too high, hey? I think this is way too high. Yeah, I would have had kick out higher than Martin. 100%. Um, um, Martin's a good hard ball runner. He can. He's also one of those guys that will come out of nowhere and all of a sudden polack someone, which yeah. kind of stands out in, like, <clears throat> the Panthers team because they, for the most part, they'll stand in their line and polack someone anyway. <laughs> so it's just it changes it up a little bit. But, uh, yeah, I'd, I'd have him maybe down in the 50s, I would guess. Yeah, I, I, I like him. I'd put him in the 30s. Okay. Uh, number 11, Cameron Murray. Um... I think this is a bit high. I'd have him in the 30s. Yeah, look, I'd probably have him another... Yeah, I'd, I'd have him lower than this. He's, oh, sorry. Yeah, lower than this. I'd, I'd have him in the 20s somewhere. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I, I quite like Murray. Um, but, yeah, I think he was probably a little bit inconsistent at times this season. Um, yeah, he'd have a lot of quiet games, huh? Yeah. And... I don't know, maybe it was just... South did struggle without um, Reynolds there, and I think maybe he was one of those players who struggled to find their place in the side and what their role was because everyone's roles changed when Reynolds left. Um, number 10, we're in the top 10 now. Isaiah Yo. Um, looking at the play, some of the players ahead of him, Maybe a little low. I, I think, you know, because he plays in in the forwards, he mm. does do a lot of um, a lot of the hard work. Mm. And as much as he gets a lot of credit for the stuff he does now, I still think a lot of the work he does goes unnoticed, mm. and he does a lot of work. Um, I rate him ridiculously highly. I'd put him in the top six or seven. Okay, I I feel like he'd be one of those players that if you asked a lot of opposition forwards like who they hate playing against and you would expect to hear other names, but he yeah. would actually be the one they'd say and you'd say why and they'd be like because he, he just it's footwork at the line all the time. It's he, you, you can't get set on him, you know. He doesn't stop. Mm. He just doesn't stop and you. They're hard people to deal with. That was a great thing actually on a different note. That was a great thing about those player polls. You learnt who the players respected um and feared. And a lot of the times they weren't big name players. Yeah. Yeah. Which was always fascinating. Um but yeah, it's uh I I got huge drafts on you. I, I love him. I love his work. Uh number nine, Joe Tappany. I think this is way too high. Um you know that I just go back to that that game where you know they they played really well against the Storm in the finals, him and Papali, and yep. then you thought, oh, you know what's going to happen next game, Parramatta, and they were nowhere. Um, yeah. That really sticks with me. I'd probably have him in the forties. Yeah. I've probably got him around the 30s somewhere. He did have a very good season, but yeah, it does. He did, yeah. Did, did go missing when they didn't need him to. 
Um, number eight, Tormalolo. Um, this is a tough one. I'd have him a few spots higher. Likewise. He, he's like, it wasn't his best season, but having said that, for most players, it would be the best season of their career. <laughs> exactly right. And he's still doing things that you're watching him do, and it's like he has no right to have that footwork and, you know, be just a destructive force that he is. Yeah, like you look at stuff he doesn't go, what chance has society got? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, number seven, Fisher-Harris. I'd have him a couple of spots higher, I think. I definitely um, would. I'd have him in the top five this year. Yeah, I think that's probably fair. Um, just like the leading front rower in the best forward pack we've seen for a very, very long time. Um, you know, hits like a truck, gets through a lot of work. Like just name a better front rower than him right now. Exactly. You know. Exactly. Uh, number six, Latrell Mitchell. I would probably say just a little bit back. I don't. Yeah, I'd, think... put, I'd put him at ten, only because um, he misses. He's been missing a few games. Yeah, that's the thing that gets me too. The missing so the games. Always, it always takes him one or two games to get his feet back, which is completely normal. But mm-hmm. has missed a fair few games, so I can't put him too much higher. And that's the only reason why it's got nothing to do with his skill set or anything else. Um, if we're going based purely on skill set, it's hard to put him outside the top three. Yeah, I agree. I agree. When he's on, he's one of the few players that just cannot be stopped. Yeah, good luck. Yeah. Doesn't matter uh, how good your game plan is. Doesn't matter if you know it's coming. Or if he's on, it's just like, well, he's going to do this to us. Yep. Number five, Jerome Luai. I think this, a lot of this probably changed due to his World Cup performance. Yeah, I'd, I'd say if we separate the World Cup and take that out, I'd put mm-hmm. him around 12, 13, 14, somewhere there. But his World Cup performance, mate, I've, I don't know. I, I can't see how anyone was better than him in the World Cup. Yeah, I look, I agree. I agree. I agree 100%. Um, I think based on the NRL season, keep in mind he missed a quite a few, few games. I'd probably yeah. have him in the 20s. Uh, number four, Cameron Munster. Uh, can't really argue with it. I would yeah. have him at two. Okay. Uh, number three, James Tedesco. I think that that's a bit high based on this season. Um, yep. I thought it was – and, look, once you get into this point, it's like we're talking degrees here. You know, I've still got him in the. I'd still have him in the top ten. One hundred percent. And it's like for most players, if they had James Tedesco's season, it's the best season of their career. Um, yeah. But I think that it's a little bit high for him. I'd probably have him. I'd probably. I'd, I'd have him in the top ten, maybe between five and and ten. Yeah, somewhere around there. Yeah. Uh, number two, Joey Manu. <sighs> had a damn good season, hey? He did, he did. I, I, I don't know. I, maybe maybe a little high, but... Yeah, I'd have him like four or five, somewhere there. Yeah, I'd, I'd have him in the top... I'd have him... This is going to sound weird. I'd have him in the top six for sure. That sounds fine. Okay. And number one, Nathan Cleary. 
It's hard, it's hard to fucking argue with it. You can't. <laughs> like that's that's the one that's easy to do, I think. Yeah, it's like you know his goal kicking was spectacular. Yeah, he missed a, a bunch of games towards the end of the year because he was suspended. But playing halfback in the back to back premiers, you know, ticked a lot of boxes to be number one on this list. Um, and the players that he's ahead of, he he beat everyone. Yep, fully agree. I've, I agree with you on that one, Buzz. But most of the other stuff um, is pretty cooked. <laughs> <laughs> I always think that it's it's really hard to do a list like this. Like, um, like even in, I remember when they brought out the 100 top rugby league players in the first 100 years. Yep. And it like looking at the list and you'd be like, it's almost impossible, you know. And this is just that on a much condensed scale. Yeah, that's all right. All right, so moving on from there, we've got um, only a little bit of news. There's not much here. Mm-hmm. The one that won't go away, though, is the West Tigers are chasing Mitchell Moses. Yeah, well, like, I just don't understand the way they're trying to build their club. And I don't think Mitchell Moses is the sort of player that you go all in on. Like, if you're looking for somebody that plays good for maybe a quarter of the season and that hasn't actually won anything, well, yeah, then then maybe you go after Mitch Moses. Yeah, like you had a better halfback and you let him go. So why go chasing halves now? <laughs> you had <laughs> one, you let go of him. What do you do? That's stupid. I think and that... It seems Sorry, that over the Tigers are either caught between whether they get Mitch Moses' signature... Or John Bateman's. And I may have said it before, why are they chasing John Bateman, a bloke whose last venture to Australia ended him with getting him getting homesick and going back home? Why are we trying to drag him away again? That, to me, sounds stupid. Yeah, and, like, leading into the grand final starts causing issues. Like, fuck that shit. Yeah. Um, I don't understand it. I have a feeling that Parramatta will do what Parramatta does, and that's overpay Mitch Moses to stay. Um, and you know, they could end up being on the hook for an astronomical amount. If somebody at the Tigers decides that Mitch Moses is their big prize. The only way they're going to get Mitch, I don't think Mitch Moses will go to the Tigers. I don't think he wants anything to do with the club anymore. Yeah, I agree. So if anything, they, if they were smart, they'd go after Dylan Brown. Let, let Paramount play massive overs on Moses and then chase Dylan Brown. Brown at the moment has got eight or nine clubs chasing him, apparently. Um, but I don't think the Tigers should be worrying about getting either of them. Their first priority is if if they've decided they're sticking with Luke Brooks, then A, make him a 5'8", and put Dewey at 7, and make that work, and then build a forward pack around them so that even if they can't create something, at least your forward packs are not going to get out-muscled and they're not going to be conceding... 40 and 50 points a game on a regular basis. Because that's what the Tigers need to be focused on, is stop the points being scored against them. Yeah, so, I, like, if if I was running the West, or if I was brought into the West Tigers tomorrow, my priority would be to get rid of Luke Brooks any way I could. Yeah. Um, it, it, and start again, basically, and then from there, just try and build a forward pack. You know, you'll eventually you'll come across a halfback that'll get the job done. Um, B, 
But yeah, to just be to move Luke Brooks on, and I don't know how I do it. Um, we keep on hearing every so often that he's going to go to Newcastle. That's probably off now, but um, well, they've you know, got Hastings. Yeah, exactly. So you know, maybe you can get him up to the Dolphins or something. I don't know, but that would be what I would do. But they're so all in on him. It seems it's really weird. Yeah, they've they've made it clear that they want him to be a tiger for life. Mm. Um, so maybe they can make a deal with Castleford. <laughs> Although I'd probably say that Castleford are a bit smarter than the West Tigers. Probably. Uh, yeah, I I don't think there's going to be many NRL clubs that would be interested in Mitch. Mo- uh, in, sorry, in Luke Brooks. Yeah, and it's I think it's more because. He's he's too far gone in his career. Like, he does have, I've said it before, he does have the skill set. He doesn't have an ounce of organisational ability about him. Yeah. Not an ounce. He barely communicates on the field. And that's hard to train to a bloke who's almost, who's getting closer to 30. Yeah, exactly. You know? It's like, a lot of failure in his career. Like lots you, of losses, no no experience at any big level whatsoever. At any rep level. He's just never developed at all. Like, That's he's the, the same player he was when he, he came into first grade. Yeah. He's still got this very good raw um, skill set that never got honed or worked on. And so it's an awful lot of time and effort that coaches have got to invest in him to, you know, hone it and make it useful and to make their team successful around him. And... Uh, you're not going to make him an organizer. You just can't because it's just not in his. It's just not in his blood. I've been saying this back when Moses was still at the club. Mm. That Moses was always more of a seven, and Brooks was a six. Moses talks all the time on the field. He's organizing stuff all the time, and he doesn't run the ball as much. Whereas Brooks is always running the ball. The Tigers had him backwards the whole time for years. And That's the weird. only coach to see that that was the wrong way around was the bloke they sacked last or this season. <laughs> It's so strange. That feels like so long ago to me. Mm. I feel like if somebody said, like, how long ago does it feel? I'd be like, oh, it feels like that was eight years ago. It was, yeah. I mean, every every season is a, is a, is an age for the West I, Tigers fans. <laughs> I, like, it's weird. COVID feels like it took five years for us to get through. Mm. So it's, strange. Certainly added plenty of them onto mm. us. Mm. Yeah, it's. Uh, I think if I don't know, I don't think the Tigers should be chasing either Moses or Bateman. I'd rather they just hang on if they've got that much coin hanging around where they could sign one of those two. I'd rather they hang on to it more than anything else. Yeah, I think that one thing the West Tigers should avoid, like the plague, is signing someone from England because it just doesn't go well for them. Yeah. Like I mean, people the, go, the last what? time anyone mm. involved with either of the three clubs, Balmain, West Magpies and the West Tigers, signed someone from England that worked out, it was mm. Ellery Hanley. And, I mean, of course it was going to work out. It's Ellery fucking Hanley. Yeah, yeah. That was easy. You know, yeah. That's shooting one fish in one very, very small bucket. <laughs> You're not going to fail there. You know, Um it's got to be that blatantly obvious for it to work for the Tigers. Yeah. Um, they need to start. They need to start working on their, yeah, 
who their halves are going to be for 2024, and that's what they've got to be working towards. Yeah, exactly. I'd rather Dewey as 5'8". I think he works better that way. I don't think I want him as a halfback, mm-hmm. and Brooks needs to be gone. It's as simple as that. Mm. I've I've always been very honest and genuine about him. He's he's always had the skill set. We've seen it more often than not. We see the skill set he has, but as a halfback, your skill set is fifty percent of your job, which means he's only half of a halfback. You know, the other half is organising stuff, getting things planned, you know, running plays, all that sort of stuff. He does none of that because he doesn't know how. He's like a mime as a halfback, but he's not expressive at all. <laughs> <laughs> so he's just does nothing. He's just got white gloves. <laughs> yes, yeah. So, um, and and that's an issue. Yeah. I, I don't know who would fix him, and I don't know that they could. I don't, yeah, I think it's too, it's, he's too far gone. Yeah. I, like, I, mean, I, I said plenty of times this year, I'm completely out on him. Yeah, um, I think his only option is to go to like, Super League or Championship. Mm-hmm. That's the only way he's going to, um, I suppose, look, look better with the skill set he has. But he could be the player of the year in Super League. He's got the skill set to do that, but the thing that works in England is the um, they don't play, in, especially in Super League, um, they don't play with a set structure or plan for the entire game. It's for like two or three sets. We're going to do this, we're <laughs> going to do this, and then if that doesn't work, well, fuck, we'll come back and we'll start over again or we'll mm. do something else. And it's there's no real focus on building sustained pressure. Yeah. You see it. Only with St. Helens's defence mm-hmm. is there sustained pressure in any sense in the Super League at the moment in the last few years. No team's doing it with their attack. They're not doing it with any of their structures or systems or anything like that. It's just have another crack. Try, try again. Try, try this. Try this. Try this. Try it over there. Do this. Do that. And there's, it's just chaos. Mm. And it's because of that chaos that they don't know how to handle pressure when it comes to really big games like... World Club Challenges and World Cup games. Yep, yep. It's, uh, you know, it, that's why you get players that, you know, go over there and that you think to yourself, oh, yeah, that's probably the level for them and they absolutely kill it over there. Yeah, that's right. So maybe Brooks would be, be good over there. I don't know which team would take him, though. Um, You Do never like know, to- hey. Hull FC? Nah, look, Hull FC just consistently make the most fucked decisions you could possibly come up with. I mean, that that would be a good one. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I I can't see it being them. I don't know. Like, I think he'd end up at Wigan or St. Helens, but I know St. Helens is really high on their halves. I don't know why, but so it'd probably have to be Wigan. I suppose, I mean, they, they have won four premierships in a row, so that's probably why. Yeah, look, that, you know, it's all relative. They're a, a small fish in a small pond, so. <laughs> this is true. This is true. Um, so I think that's pretty much it. I don't know if there's any other news going around. Yeah, like Gander. No, it's pretty quiet. But do you reckon next episode, King of Rugby League Awards? I think we definitely have to do that. Yeah, yeah. 
we are we will have a discussion on uh who we think will win those awards. Mm-hmm. That will be uh that will be off the air when we do that. Yes. Um, we don't like to telegraph it like the international rugby. No, no, do. you won't find out about it from a betting website. No, no. Even one as good as Palmerbet won't get these details. We would we would also like to say that uh unlike the International Rugby League, this award is open to Australians. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Oh <laughs> <laughs> no, look, we'll we'll open it up so that it'll be um Oh jeez, I just had a good idea off the top of my head there. Oh, really? We should do a King of Rugby League Awards for Wales as well. <clears throat> By the way. Short episode. <laughs> By the way. All of these athletes that aren't getting into the Welsh Rugby League system because they're going to soccer and yeah. they're going to Rugby Union, well, yep. the soccer team fucking sucks and so does the Rugby Union team. So we can we can never hear that again. That's true. Actually, speaking of Wales, mm-hmm. I've got to ask, how's your wife Quiffany going? I don't even know where that started. I had some weirdo, <laughs> like, and, and this is like a couple of weeks ago now, had some weirdo, like, I don't even know what I'd been talking about, but it was about English Rugby League, and they come up with some giant scenario where they said, oh, He's just upset because his wife probably left him and she won't let him see the kids and stuff like this. And that's like, and it was just this pure projection by this person. <laughs> it's like, I don't know if that's what they're dealing with in their life because I'm not like, I'm <laughs> everything's good with me, but they just come up with this long winded scenario that felt like too, it felt too specific, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and then uh very specific very very specific and then one of my friends took the piss out of that and then you saw that and then it just sort of grabbed a life of its own yeah as you mentioned quiffany and i went oh there's a few f's and a y in there it must be a welsh name so i went with that <laughs> your welsh wife quiffany tell you what if she looked like Catherine zeta jones i wouldn't give a shit you wouldn't be doing a podcast right now that's for sure no no yeah. Where's Freaky? Oh, he's on the nest again. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so that was that was very strange. It's been a real strange few weeks on Twitter. It's like, yeah, man, it's a it's a Musk effect. Well, like I thought, everyone was leaving Twitter, and they're all still fucking there. <laughs> they're just doing their last minute going going absolutely fucking psycho before they leave. <laughs> Burn the house down before we go. Yeah, exactly. There we go. Well, uh, it was a a good solid episode. This. Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting to see like how few rugby league podcasts are still going. Hey. Yeah. She's speaking. Of, there was one out there actually. Speaking of Buzz, it's the one that Buzz does with um a few other guys from the Daily Telegraph. Mm. A few weeks ago, they were asking people um. Why Why were you blocked by Buzz, and do yeah. you want to get a reprieve? And if you look at the, the comments there, that is the best thread going around because you just see everyone going on there talking about the reasons they, got, they were given. Some of them were the most lamest 
reply to a question or just a criticizing something that he wrote without swearing. Mm-hmm. Others are just blatantly just calling me a dickhead. Mm-hmm. Um, and nearly every single one of them is saying, I don't want to be unblocked. Because <laughs> they were going to do a whole segment on it and go through all the responses and see if they could get Buzz to unblock a few people. And next to no one wanted to be unblocked by him. That's hilarious, hi. Hey? <laughs> so, you know, if you want a bit of holiday reading, find that thread. I think it was Michael Carianis who started it up. Um, but, yeah, the, the replies are brilliant. Absolutely yeah, phenomenal. It's, uh... I got blocked after we complained about the play the ball rule back in 2018. Oh, I, just said, I said something along the lines of, he said, this, this play the ball rule is going to be the death of rugby league. And I said mm. something along the lines of, it survived all of the uh, misery and um, hatred from the media for all these years. I think it'll survive a few play the balls, mate. <laughs> and he didn't like that, yeah. I didn't, like, I didn't say he was doing it. I just, I've, ne- I've, never, I've never followed him. Uh, I always find people that have blue check marks, and look, it'll change now that Elon Musk has taken it over and he's going to change up the system. But for the most part, the people with blue check marks, they're just not worth a follow. They're just weird. Unless your name is James Smith. Yeah, James Smith is good. Yeah, he's a good follow. I'll follow him. Yeah, that guy goes good. Mm-hmm. Huge fan of his. Alrighty, well, uh, should we wrap this one up then? Yeah, yeah, it's been a good episode. Well, yeah, we've tidied this one up rather well. Mm. Uh, thanks for tuning in, everyone. Make sure you check us out on the socials, on uh, Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, Twitter. I don't have to go through what the handles are. You know I'm all by now. Mm-hmm. I assume. I mean, not many of you follow us. They should. Well, they follow me. They follow me, Andrew. People stop following me. They're going, my, my follow account on Twitter has been going backwards pretty hard really? this last month. Really? Wow. Yeah. I've lost like 40 followers or so. Holy shit. Yeah. yeah. I'm People don't to, like what I do anymore. I'm trying to lose followers. It's not fucking working. Uh, you start doing whatever <laughs> I'm doing then. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's just not tweeting. Yeah, maybe. I've been busy it's doing like, actual work and shit. Yeah. What, how dare you have a life? That's disgusting. Ridiculous. Mm. I should know better by now. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, make sure you follow us on all the socials. Um, give us a five star rating and a, a review on your podcast listening app. That'd be fantastic. And uh, we'll wrap this one up. We'll catch you all next time.